Okay, well, um, thank you for, for doing this and for being here. And I guess we'll, we'll lead into our more formal, even though it's not too formal conversation. Um, so I love that you're my first guest. That means the world to me having you as being, you've been such an integral part of my journey, um, you know, aging and life in general. So um, thank you for being here. Um, for our listeners, I will just give a brief intro to Dr. Andrea Rayburn. Um, Andrea is a natu naturopathic physician practicing in the Comox Valley. She has been in practice for over 10 years and evolved her focus from chronic degenerative disease to now having an increased focus on women's health. With a background in biochemistry and genetics, she loves educating her patients about the hows and whys behind symptoms and conditions to better inform them on current health concerns and future health decisions. When not in office, Dr. Andrea can be found in the trails and mountains of Vancouver Island and beyond, which I hope we'll touch on uh, today, and hiking, <laughs> running, and mountain biking. Yay, so thanks for being here. Um, yeah, this conversation initially sprung to mind as I was speaking on uh, Instagram about um, photography and doing studio sessions and fine art nudes and how my studio practice has evolved from more of a commercial, let's say like Maxim magazine um, definition of sexy into something more mature. Obviously, I'm into my 40s now. We're aging. That's not exactly how we maybe define it and um, or there's an evolving definition of it and I was thinking hey my friend Andrea is uh, studying about this and so maybe it would be great to come on and talk just about sexual health in general and and share some of the things so maybe um, to start you can give me a general overview of this new educational avenue you're pursuing. Absolutely um, I will just make note that I'm managing a dog around me right now and so you might hear little interruptions from her I apologize. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so this general overview. So I've been really lucky that with the evolution of my practice, bringing in more women's health and being able to connect more with women, um, I've had the opportunity to, to really have personal relationships and understand what some of the other needs besides just our common medical needs around aging um, are and to be able to start to resource different, um, different programs and different learning to be able to bring in some of, some of these tools. So what I'm doing right now is a is a really a coaching program um, around women's sexuality, around relationships, and about bringing back the um, the idea of desire, bodily acceptance, and owning our own sexuality and doing that. Um, yeah, it's it's focusing on releasing the shame that's associated with sexuality for women. So maybe some of the um, the ideologies and the the quote unquote social training that's been placed on us since we were young and and what a woman's body is supposed to represent and kind of the the um value of purity the value of beauty and how that gets decreased as we age or as we increase our sexual relationships through our life um the course that i'm doing includes everything from like breathwork and yogic practices right through to some of the traditional tantric traditions um, which is really just a word that's used to describe connecting back with your body um, a lot of it has different connotations when used kind of in the eroticism and um, and some of the the more like sexual media that's out there um, 
but mainly it focuses on tools that helps bring patients back into their own body and to recognize different blocks within their sexuality. Um, and then it allows steps that can be taken to kind of address those um, to reconnect with their own desires and to be able to connect with their body in a really beautiful and confident way, no matter what it looks like as we age, because it's going to change. Wow. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think it's it's really pertinent, I think, for our age group as well, growing up in the 90s and with media. And, you know, we had a very singular definition of what beauty and sexy was defined as. Um, you know, and our, our mothers and parents certainly had their own issues as well, as I'm sure many of us can attest to. And um, as a meditation teacher, I love the component of coming back into your body and really being able to feel, feel those components. Um, yeah, so that sounds super interesting. And yeah. so why did, why, why did you choose to go down this road? Yeah, well, um, as, as I said, I was treating women mainly for like hormonal concerns around aging, um, you know, perimenopause, um, you know, PMS, fertility issues, and that type of stuff, and definitely also branching into deeper realms of menopause and um, everything from um, botanical support right through to, you know, hormonal support. And with almost every single patient I was talking to, and they'd somehow fit into their spectrum of symptoms. Oh, and I have no libido. And I'll be like, oh, okay, okay. And then it started to becoming, becoming a greater conversation. And I realized that there weren't a lot of resources within my community to really help these women, support these women. And I also hadn't really dived into the full understanding about you know, the sexuality as we age and how to support that. So I really did it just because I... I'm a bit of a nerd and I really like to have as many resources and information for my patients as I can. But then as I dove into it, I'm like, wow, this is really amazing. This is a whole other world. And there's so many different resources that can be used to support these, these women. And I'm really focusing on, on, on working with women. There's, there's a lot of practitioners that will also, um, you know, focus on other populations, um, you know, men, LGBTQ, um, and really inclusive practitioners. Uh, right now, I'm really focusing on more women's health, because that's the area of practice that I've already been focusing on. Um, but maybe in the future, I'll be able to include some of, of uh, the other groups as well. Um, yeah, so just, there's also, you know, I'm, I am a woman in my 40s. <laughs> You know, so as I'm having these conversations and looking into these resources, there's definitely a res a, a, a resonance or a, a, a an identity of wow, these are things that I've experienced in my life as well. You know, um, uh, whether it just be changes in my relationships, changes in my relationship with my body. Um, you know, I've also had a diagnosis majority of my life of a chronic pain condition called endometriosis, which also changes uh, your relationship with sexuality and pleasure, and so. Um, you know, having that experience and having these beautiful women that I partner with has just been um, a real drive to, to kind of dive deeper in. Um, and then when I, I started to uh, dive further into some of these resources, the, the feedback, um, even in just simple conversations, was that this is needed. And so it really gave me that motivation to keep going deeper. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a pretty yeah. great thing so it seems far. Like there's this sort of idea that you know, as we age, that 
that sexy component of our being sort of diminishes either as mothers or just getting older or having our bodies changing that that we are not supposed to identify with that anymore maybe that's just my experience but I feel like it's sort of a general consensus that being sexy and everything is for for younger women and I think it's so important for our well-being to you know like you said like get back into the body and like really connect with that vitality as part of our well-being and as part of just being alive like that's such powerful energy when you are connected to it it's um pretty incredible and we just sort of cut it off it seems absolutely and I think that you speak on a really important point where that what we don't even realize is that we are kind of told from a young age that our, our value and our experience through life is based off our youth, our beauty, and our ability to contribute to those needs within society. And as we age, you know, our, our reproductive capabilities go down, our body changes, we're not going to be able to fit the same mold of those 4% of people that were shown on the front of magazines that are supposed to have the perfect physique. And so when we're no longer meeting that model, we then get these subconscious thoughts of, oh, I'm no longer a sexual being. Oh, I'm no longer seen as a sexual being. Oh, I'm disconnecting from my body because it's, it's not meeting the standard that it's supposed to be. I'm not as valuable as I need, as I used to be. When in fact, if you actually look at like statistical measures and you look at historical measures, like the 30s to the 40s is when women are supposed to actually be at their sexual peak. You know, that's when we are supposed to be fully connected with our energy around our desire and our sexuality. We're actually biologically being able to, to reach pleasure um, in different ways. And so if we are able to tune into that, um, you know, we have the ability to actually be in more in love with our body and embrace the changes of aging and step into and, and celebrate um, our bodies as we, we go into the 40s, go into perimenopause and, and even right through menopause. I think that everyone should be able to have satisfaction, uh, whether that be in sexual relationships or other desires in their life. But yeah, there's, there's a messaging there and a value there that definitely needs to be addressed. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I mean, imagine, you know, the confidence that you gain as you sort of go into your 40s. Uh, for me, it was very, like, people warned me about turning 40. And I was like, I don't know, 36 is pretty much 40. I've got this, you know, we're fine. <laughs> and then as soon as 40 hit, it was like, what the hell, like, everything changed. And, uh, you know, just the way you feel, like my body changing, hormones changing, obviously things that I did in the past don't seem to work anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but most significantly, I found just like this, this confidence and like this, I don't give a fuck, you know, part you of give my friends, fucks. Like, just like <laughs> I've been through it. I've, you know, tried and tried and tried all these things or people pleasing or all these things. And now I'm just like, okay, yeah. it's, for, it's for me now. So to be able to pair that with like that vitality and sexual health is, you know, really yeah. a powerful position to be in as a woman. Exactly, exactly. Like, if you look at it, it's like women in our 40s, we are, you know, we're setting stronger boundaries. We're not willing to, you know, I'm not going to show up just because of a social obligation. I'm not going to um, dress a certain way because of my age. I'm not going to fake orgasms. I'm not going to fake anything, right? Like, we just become a little bit more unapologetic, you know? Absolutely. We give less fucks. We're tired of giving fucks. Um, <laughs> you know, there's um, a great clip that I will even write down on prescription pads for my patients um, from Baroness Von Sketch. 
um, which is a, a comedy a comedy group, I believe out of Canada. And um, there's this one about the locker room when you're 40 and how there's this, once you turn 40, you walk in and there's this whole other part of the locker room that opens up and you walk past the part of the locker room where there's, you know, the below 40s and they're still kind of covering themselves in their towel as they try to slip into their bra and their underwear and stuff. And then you cross the border into the 40 year old side and everyone's just dropping the towel and they're walking around like they don't care anymore. Because like, this is my body. This is what I have to present. I have lived in this body, the stretch marks, the scars, the little bit of extra curve that I have on my hip. This is me. It's not going away. I'm just finally going to own it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's so great. And I mean, that's for me, um, where I wanted to bring this conversation a little bit in was because I think, you know, photography is for me, obviously my passion, but having a way to, to embrace that embrace the stage of our lives and make beautiful art of what we are mm -hmm. as we are, um, not having to fit any of these, you know, specific commercial mainstream media ideations. And really create sort of a movement around you know aging and embracing our aging bodies because they are still sexy they are still powerful they are still beautiful absolutely absolutely i mean if you look at a lot of you know 40 year old women's bodies they're gonna have they're gonna have marks from where they carried children you know they're gonna have bumps and bruises and you know that we're gonna have you know little dimples of cellulite and yes our breasts are going to change but that can all be absolutely beautiful i wish i could send my patients to come and have shoots done where they're in their natural beauty and they can actually see what what that beauty looks like you know through somebody else's eyes through an artist's eyes um like when I when I'm talking about libido and I'm talking about sexual desire with with my patients, a lot of them it comes back to oh well I've gained weight or oh you know the body changes as you age I'm just not as pretty I don't feel as confident as I used to and how are you supposed to be vulnerable with your partner how are you supposed to feel beauty in your body if you're seeing it through judgmental eyes and knowing that that's going to continue as we age so being able to have somebody you know, show you the best parts of your body, show that you are still a sexual being and show that those curves that you're carrying can actually be, um, you know, extremely beautiful and, and people will desire that and that um, you can find a lot of freedom in that. Yeah, and I think it's like therapeutic even, you know, having a photo session done, especially like so many women come to me when they're in transitional periods of their lives, getting them done and just being able when you are in it or you're, you know, in a negative thought loop or those body image critics that just never leave us, um, it can be hard to see outside of that. So, so to be able to see yourself from somebody else's perspective, um, I think it is, it can be really freeing. It can be really therapeutic to be able to sort of get out of your um, thought loops. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so back to your course, what would you say is your biggest takeaway so far? Mm -hmm. I think one of the things I said is this is a needed resource. The more I learn, the more I realize that this is something that's really been missing. Um, reconnecting women with natural sexuality, normalizing differences in sexual desire and drive, um, normalizing difference even in physical response as we age. Um, uh, and it, it, you know, the course is really based on, um, you know, on, on desire and sexual health, but it, it overlaps to so many other areas of health. 
you know, it's, it, it overlaps to mental health, relationship health, it affects people's sleep. Um, and again, it's that confidence in, in body. And when someone's not confident in their body, they're not necessarily going to take the steps to continue to care for it in the way that it really deserves to be cared for. Um, and so just looking at it beyond sexual health um, has been a big takeaway for me as well. Um, yeah, and just seeing how it's, it's this cycle of sexual health is going to impact all of the other aspects of our physical and mental health. And all of those aspects of physical and mental health are going to affect our sexual health. And it just becomes this, this cycle. And it can be a really positive cycle, or it can continue to break us down and push us down um, and lead to ill health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's so powerful. And what I love about your practice and naturopathic medicine is just, you know, taking that whole, whole person approach and from all the angles, because it really is, you know, we are complex systems and intricate systems and all those pieces play together. So that, that, um, yeah, that sounds like a really fun course. In preparation for our chat today, I read one of the resources you listed, um, Come As You Are by uh, what is her name? Emily. Emily Nagoski. Yes. Oh yes. my goodness. I just adore her resources and it's probably the number one resource that I've recommended to my patients. Um, it, it is, so Emily Nagoski's Come As You Are. Um, it talks about and normalizes sexual health for women in a way that I've never seen before. A lot of sexual studies or this idea of women's sexuality has been basically take what they know about men's sexuality and then just bring it down a bit. But that's, it's not true. <laughs> Our biology is different. Our drives are different. And the, how the, the way that we respond to, to relationships and sexuality is, is also very different. Um, and so what I love about her is that she provides very accessible um, vocabulary and information around what those differences are. And it normalizes every state that you're in. If there's a woman with no libido, she's going to normalize that for you. She's going to make it so that you don't feel broken. If you're somebody who has a hyperactive sexual drive, she's going to normalize that for you. And she's going to understand why that may be happening for you. Um, and, and the full spectrum in between. Um, she talks about this dual control mechanism, which I, I will use when I'm talking to my patients about the brakes and the accelerators and how when you're, when you're in a new relationship, um, and you're feeling really confident and you're feeling really loved and you're flooded with all of these great hormones, you're going to have a lot of accelerators within your sex drive. Um, and so people call this the honeymoon period. So you're going to be like, oh, you know, my partner is very sexy and attractive and, you know, we're going on dates and it's romantic and we don't have a lot of other responsibilities in our relationship except to get to know each other and love each other and explore each other. And then as that relationship goes on, well, now maybe you're co-housing and it's like, okay, well, now we have financial things that are happening maybe we have a child oh we're both busy in our careers and we start to build up these different breaks and the accelerators can still be there you can still be highly in love and attracted to your partner but you have all these breaks that are going to build up that will overpower the accelerator so that all of a sudden your sex life your libido and your desires aren't necessarily at the forefront of your brain and so people start thinking oh well I'm, I'm my libido's down as I age, it must be my hormones. And instantly they're like, oh, I want testosterone. Oh, I want these hormones that have been shown to improve libido. And it's like, well, those 
influence our libido in such a minor way if all of these other factors that are continuing to pull us in these different directions um, are, are going to kind of push and pull on our ability to actually respond um, and uh, let alone be the initiator to, to sexual desire. Yeah, I just absolutely adore her. She has a podcast now that I tell people to listen to. Um, obviously, I recommend her book. Um, and there's also just some great interviews with some other podcasters out there as well. So anything with Emily Nagoski um, and describing and really normalizing um, everything around sexual function and women, huge. Yeah, it was funny because I actually um, had it as an audio book because, you know, it's short on time. <laughs> I had the yeah. speakers laughing and she's, you know, t describing it all. So it was pretty funny if my neighbors were listening, uh, you know, they got quite the <laughs> descriptive. I'm sure they were. What I love is that I recommend this book. And then my, my patients will listen to it or, or read it and then their partners will read it and it provides vocabulary and it, vo it provides information that they can share to actually come closer to their partner without it being a how to fix or a how to manual. It's, it's yeah, she, but she offers some really great steps and some exercises that you can do to kind of explore some of those breaks and accelerators, but it's not like a, a five, five steps to having the best orgasm of your life or, you know, um, how to increase your, your libido with these five supplements or anything like that. I just think it's really um, an educational tool that provides power and steps that women can take to understand their sexuality, understand their biology at any phase of their, their life cycle, and then how to embrace that um, to continue to have um, healthy uh, sex drive, healthy sexual interactions and and that as well. Yeah, even just that concept of the brakes and accelerator was so empowering because yeah, there there are constantly so many breaks, especially as women, you know, carrying the mental, emotional load on of so many things that those are our constant breaks, but we are not educated about that piece. So we just automatically think, oh, I'm broken, like I need yeah. medication. And it's just yeah. <laughs> and you know what they you know what one of the first things that they'll give women for low libido is antidepressants. <laughs> But one of the side effects is antidepressants is low libido. <laughs> so it just becomes this, this vicious cycle and this idea that it's something that needs to be fixed. Yeah. And I, I want that to be taken away. I want women to feel confident and understand what's happening in their body so that they, when they choose to, can access that desire and access, you know, pleasure. And, and again, that doesn't just mean within their, their sexual relationships. But yeah, yeah it's, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's totally not exactly as you say, just with relationships. It's so much a part of our being and our vitality and our wellness um, that it does need, you know, it's equal amounts of focus as any other sort of health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had another thought. It just escaped my brain. But maybe it'll come back. So I did want to talk a little bit about sexual energy from a spiritual perspective. And I suppose we've sort of already touched on a lot of this and, and really tapping into the, um, you know, just that vital energy. But so how can we use this sort of energy when we talk about it, not in a, in a relationship place? Like, how can we work on that and focus on that sexual energy, sexual health outside of the relationship? Such a big question. <laughs> um, I remember uh, you kind of gave me a bit of an outline for some of the questions prior to 
us connecting and all, all the other questions where I was just like, oh, oh, here's the resources, here's what's happening. And then I got to this question. I'm like, I'll come back to that because <laughs> I, really, I really had to think on it. Um, and there's two reasons for that. One is, you know me, yes, as from my, on my professional side, but you've also known me since grade five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were in grade five together. And so you also know my personal journey and you understand what I, some of the exercises are some of the things that I embrace within my personal life for my own, um, own healing, my own, my own life. And so I've kept very separate avenues within that. I'm, I'm very, um, like I said, my background's biochemistry and genetics. I'm all about educating my patients about what's happening in their bodies. And I don't always touch on more of the energetics and more of that, um, the eclectic practices that do play a very important role and a majority of my patients do embrace them, but it's not often something that I'm including in the care. And I feel like within this realm, it's the first step that I'm taking to kind of meld both of my passions together into uh, a new direction. And so when I came to this question, I was like, okay, this is me stepping into that. This is me being able to talk about kind of both sides of it. So, um, but of course, my first thought was, let's talk about what's happening in the body, right? <laughs> so I instantly went to the biochemistry and I was like, okay, well, with sexuality and when we're when we're fully in that that state, like we are actually diving into our parasympathetic state, you know, in order for our body to respond in a, in a in a in a sexual way, in a desire way, we have to release a bit of that that sympathetic, that fight or flight, that stress and allow our body to relax in the parasympathetic. Um, and so it can actually really help to tone that autonomic nervous system. We get serotonin releases and serotonin is a big mood regulator. It helps to regulate anxiety. It helps to do, decrease the risk of, of depression. Um, we also get oxytocin release, which is really important for social bonding. So like with all the increased rate of um, you know social anxiety and stuff that's out there, I'm always like, man, everyone needs some oxytocin. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we can get that naturally um, through just through um, you know physical contact um, and through sexual experience um, with a partner or without. Um, so when we're in a sympathetic state, this is where it can start to tie into that energetics. Is that we're rewarded and connected, and we're able to access creativity we're able to access joy we're able to access playfulness um, we're able to sleep better so which allows us to better resource ourselves through our day whether that be taking on other self-care practices or diving into a creative aspect of work or having more energy and presence for our parenting um, you know I, I don't think that it's a magic panacea I don't think it's a magic prescription for everybody that will you know cure all the stresses and all the mental health concerns and whatever of modern women um because you know we are superheroes we do everything <laughs> but um it can be a powerful tool and when accessed it can really help uh with many of the things that I do see kind of plaguing my patients um on on physical and mental emotional levels um so basically what I see it doing is it's removing some of the blocks that we may have in place that um, are stopping us from accessing the power that you speak of or that energetics that you speak of. And that when we're in a stressed, low confidence, body shaming, sexual shaming state, you know, how are we expected to be able to to come to our greatest power? Um, How are we supposed to trust our intuition when we're told that our value is less uh, than, than that and that we are 
we're doing something wrong or that we're broken or that, um, you know, we're, we're no longer valued. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I love that answer. That was like the perfect answer. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, I told you, you. I had yeah. to think on this one for a while. So, yeah. And especially that, that piece about even just being able to access the, the parasympathetic nervous system, right? Like being able to relax and it's from that state that we do find, you know, flow and, um, you know, there's so many great books about flow and just being able to create. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we've known each other forever. So, you know, that I have spiritual practices and I like to talk about that kind of stuff as well. I'm into the woo. Mm-hmm. So um, I appreciate well, you answering seeing all that. your posts. It's just, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, you do that. You share that knowledge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great. Yeah. But totally the, you know, the vagus nerve and getting into that space of relaxation is um, so key. So whether that's meditation or, you know, sexual connection or energy or anything that is just so powerful um and especially What's, like hard you know when the world is on fire um to be able literally. to access yeah <laughs> literally to be able to access that place of of peace um mm-hmm. and relaxation is so important and i think one of the things that we all, i also noted was that like when women are given the opportunity to dive into that to get into that that relaxed state that joyous state that playful state it actually allows space and an invitation for our partners to also meet us there mm-hmm. yeah i can i've 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 talked to some really beautiful men in my life around the um this this shift and this this stepping forward and wanting a little bit more of that empowerment within um you know the feminine right now and how some of them have actually found that at first to be quite um threatening they're like oh well if if we're supporting women does that mean that men are bad and in fact if we're supporting women it means we're also supporting men and we're actually you know elevating each other and yeah if women are able to really touch into this this power it's going to also help men step fully into theirs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I've got a book on my list um, to read that's all about sort of embracing that that feminine energy and, and bringing it to health. And it is a spiritual woo-woo book. But I'm really looking forward to, to reading it for sure. Awesome. <laughs> I probably already have it. <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. Um, what else do we have here? So maybe so a few practices that our listeners could put into place. Where can they learn more? What can they do? Yeah, so as I mentioned, um, resourcing yourself around some of the work of Emily Nagoski, I think would be a good place to start just because it's so accessible. And it, it um, you know, it, it's a good step for understanding your physical health and starting to open up to this idea of the mental, emotional uh, influences. And then from there, you might find that you resonate with different tools to address that, whether it be um, focused breath work, whether it be yogic practices, whether it be ecstatic dance or anything that kind of gets you back into your body. Um, But I think that's a good platform to start with. Um, If you're looking for something to engage with your partner uh, within this work, um, I recently was introduced to a book called Sex Talks by Vanessa Marin, and it's five conversations that will transform your love life. And it's 
they're conversations that you have to explore your own authentic um, ideas around desire and sexuality and with and that within a relationship. Um, so I think it's it's a great, again, accessible book. There's exercises that you can do in there with your partner um, if you're if you're looking to do that within a partnered relationship. Um, and then anything that helps you start to connect with that parasympathetic. So one evaluating maybe some of the, the triggers that are keeping you within the sympathetic or that fight or flight state, start looking at those and be like, okay, are, is there anything there that I can ask for help with? Is there anything there that I don't need to carry anymore? Is there anything there that needs to be resourced so that it's not having that impact on me? And then what can I bring in to then shift me into that parasympathetic, whether it be making sure that you're getting proper sleep, maybe avoiding more stimulants, cutting down on caffeine. Um, and then yeah, the breath work, the yoga practice, the dancing, the listening to songs or music that excite you and make you laugh and make you, you know, um, just bringing joy. Um, anything that does that's going to keep you in that parasympathetic state. Um, you know, I recently signed up for a heels dance class, which is completely out of my comfort zone, but I'm just eating it up. It's so much fun. Um, and that's, that's something that's really helped me reconnect with my body. And I love it because there's like, there's like a grandma in the class. And then there's all these like 40 year olds that have never danced before. And then there's like going to be some of the 20 year olds that are there and they are great dancers and they are taking it way more serious than me, but it's <laughs> such a community and we're all there together. And we're wearing these, these heeled shoes and people are wearing like booty shorts and, and it's, it's just empowering and fun. Um, but again, it's not for everybody, but looking for those opportunities for what that might be for you uh, would be a, a great thing to do. Yeah, a lot of this work is, um, is, you know, personal. There's no one protocol. There's no one program that's going to work with every woman because our our brakes and accelerators are going to look different. You know, our physical needs are going to look different. Our history of relationship around sexuality is going to look different. Our relationship with our bodies and the confidence around that is going to look different. And so, you know, we can give these resources, but again, there's not one that's going to be perfect for every woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're also bio individual for sure, and so many different. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So you just got back from hiking Nepal and you're doing this wonderful course. What's what's next for you? <laughs> oh my gosh, I'd love to do some more traveling. Um, yeah, I did just get back from Nepal. Um, it was absolutely amazing. I came yeah, back very connected to, with my body. I heard. Yeah, I know. We haven't had a chance to talk about that. I know. Yeah, so <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, being outdoors and um, hiking, trekking, mountaineering, any type of outdoor adventure has really been my way to find my my strength and connect back to confidence within my body. Um, and so this was another way of, of doing that. Um, I've recently gone through a big transition in my life in the last year and uh, getting away into the Himalayas for a month and pushing myself, probably the hardest I ever have physically, um, and I'd even been there before. I've been to the Himalayas before. This was very different. Um, but I came back refreshed. I came back with such a great appreciation for simplicity 
in life, um, the strength and the power within um, our bodies, like me and my my friend that I was hiking with, you know, we were two women out there um, doing these high mountain passes with our guide, and we were getting high fives from other guides as we were out breaking trail in the snow and, and showing the strength and really representing Canada well. Um, <laughs> but I know that for my friend as well, she was um, she found it very empowering to reconnect with the strength and the abilities of, of our physical body, and yeah, it was a really really positive experience. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. and I got to see Madablam. So, do you know this mountain, no. Madablam? It's my new favorite mountain of life. So, <laughs> it's this beautiful rocky spire, and with these two shoulders that come out. And she's the mother of the Himalayas, mm. so she's a goddess. And oh. the idea is that, these, is that these shoulders are her arms that are embracing her children, and then like across the valley you can see like Lhotse and you can see Everest which is the father of the Himalayas and they know they're they're brilliant they're you know they're over 8,000 meters and everything but then you look at Amadablam and she's fierce and I think that that was one image that was burned in my brain from this trip was uh was her and there was one morning we got up really really early to do our first high pass and we had to leave before dark because um, we were going to have to cross some ice and we needed to make sure that it was going to be firm and, and safe. And, and also it was going to be a really long day. And so we're leaving. And as the sun is starting to creep up, I had a moment where I turned around and looked and I caught the sunrise just touching the peak of Amadablam. And I just had this like, aha, glorious moment of like, I'm watching the sunrise on the mother of the Himalayas. It was Oh, it just filled me up so much. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. wow. <laughs> and then the, the metaphor of, you know, women's health and your practice and the direction and all that. So incredible. And that empowerment, right? Like it was, it was really, really beautiful. Yes. So yes, I'd love to do more traveling and I will. Um, I'll continue to go and explore all avenues of this, of this world. Um, I probably already have two trips planned. I'm going to actually travel with my mom next year. It'll be our first trip together. So that'll be lovely. Um, but anyways, yes, um, I have to finish this course that I'm doing. Um, I'm hoping to be done kind of in the next like eight to 12 months. Um, but luckily within my practice, a lot of the tools that I'm learning are things I'm going to be able to start incorporating even prior to um, to actually having the certification, which is, which is nice. Um, and then I want to ultimately build a program that combines some of my previous clinical experience, um, and helping with some of those hormonal shifts and transitions and physical shifts and transitions as we age. Um, and also incorporating in this, this empowerment, this untaming and that finding of freedom within sexuality, whatever that might look like for my patients um, and that we can find empowerment in aging and beauty in our body as we age and to celebrate some of those little changes that are gonna happen that maybe make us, you know, uh, I don't know what's the word, like less, less valuable within the socially accepted aspects of beauty, but in fact, they are beautiful you know like that idea of 
It's it what's the Japanese art where they use gold to mend cracks? Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that? Mm-hmm. Oh, it has a term and I wish I knew it right now. But that idea to celebrate those markings and those changes as lifelines or experiences, um, as opposed to seeing them as faults. Kintsugi? Yeah, maybe that's the one. Yes, no, I absolutely love this. And I absolutely love, you know, just the way this conversation has has sort of circled out. Um, It is so needed. And I think it's, you know, it's what the world needs really is that that feminine rising for all mm-hmm. women to be able to tap into that that empowerment and that that yeah. health and vitality and power yeah and i think it's 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 needed for women it's needed for men like i, I think that as a you know get grandiose in my thoughts here but i feel like this the empowerment of women will ultimately lead to empowerment of all again if we show up authentically men can show up authentically that's modeled for our children and for the next generations and 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 you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah such important work and you know if i can highlight voices like yours and support in any way I can through photography and and helping women feel that like that's the ultimate goal and having these conversations and doing the the portrait work that I'm doing and um you know bit by bit and I can't wait to come do a session with you yes I'm turning 42 later this year and I'm I'm okay with let's document this right like (laughs) yeah yeah I'm really looking forward to to getting you know real bodies in the studio a lot of the work that I've been posting is a little bit older and you know um I'm I'm looking forward to yeah yeah coming excellent yeah so what is next for you (laughs) I want to know (laughs) flipping this around Yeah, well, I am. I am focusing my my work on women and the empowerment of women. And you know that I've always wanted to be in some sort of like healing wellness capacity and combining that with my photography work is uh, the direction that I'm taking with that. I have um, struggled with the business components of being self-employed and, and marketing myself. And I guess it's just, you know, lessons that I needed to learn still. But as I you know, 41 now, and I have that, you know, I've got zero fucks left to give. I've tried everything. I've failed at things and I've succeeded at things. And now it's really time to to put that into my own practice and my own business and just focusing on that. So um, that is my goal here. And I want to highlight the voices who have helped me get to that stage. And so speaking with you and speaking with other women who have really supported me in my own journey and healing and getting to this stage of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, So if it can help anybody else get to, you know, a more empowered and happy state of being comfortable and confident in their body, then, then I think that's, that's, that's fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Any, any final thoughts, any. (sighs) Final thoughts. I'm so happy to know you in my 40s. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah, when you're done your speaking series or, or um, 
you know, we should all, we should all get together for like a round table discussion. Um, I think that that would be really great to kind of connect all these like-minded women who are all supporting each other, you know, together would be pretty great. Um, yes, that's on my agenda of like a, like a mini conference kind of thing mm-hmm. to have everybody together. Part of, part of what I want to do as well as like a 40 over 40 campaign. So having 40 women come into the studio, interview, photograph, um, you know, um, just celebrate being over 40, you know, whether that's 60 or 70 or 42 or whatever it is. Um, and then at the end, have a bit of a gallery show and, and soiree. So maybe maybe those speakers uh, can all be together in that. That would be amazing. So, yeah. So yeah. that's super exciting. And I mean, I didn't, I don't know if that'll make it into this show. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of planning that needs to go into that still. But um, that's, that's what's on the radar. Really. Awesome. Nice. Is there anything else that we didn't touch on um, that you were hoping to touch on today? I don't think so. Okay. I think we covered some good ground there. Yay. Well, thank you for letting me be your very first guest. Thank you. It was so much fun. Yay. We'll, have, we'll definitely have to do it again um, as, as my friend Andrea. Yes. So we can dive into some other fun topics. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely.